Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Now it's time to turn it up, surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. 
We all up in your area like landscape. Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in and recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis when Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him, he touched his hip, but he really couldn't have devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. This is the 391st episode of the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Wowzers, 391 straight weeks we have been doing this show. Can you believe that? Can you believe that we have been doing this show for three, almost 400 straight weeks? Beat that, Monday Night Wars. <laughs> almost uh, we're approaching seven and a half years, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, next week, I believe, will be seven and a half years uh, or a week and a half or around there, two weeks. The seven and a half years that we've been doing the show every single week, uh, just live to live in color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. We've had the best pro wrestling talent on this show. Uh, I've had uh, over over 150 wrestlers on this show. Uh, that's just counting the wrestlers. I think interviews were approaching, uh, I don't know, probably 250, 300, somewhere, somewhere around there. It's been, it's been, it's been a lot. And this person has been has been on the show a few times, and uh, this person I I really enjoy being on the uh, being him being on the show. He's uh, been on here. I think I think this is his third time, second or third time on the show, maybe third. Um, I'll, I'll find that out, but I think third time on the show. He probably knows. Uh, but I enjoyed him. I enjoy him every single time he's on the show, and uh, he's uh, has a, a, a world of insight. And you know what? Like I said before, man, there's just certain people that uh, you just really love interviewing. Uh, yes, he was on. He was on April of 2018 and February of this year. So this is the third time that he's been on the show. So number three. So uh, you know, it's just there. There's certain people who you just love interviewing, and. Not necessarily only because of the interviewing uh, point. It's because you realize that behind all the interviewing, they're just really nice people. And uh, this person is one of those, just a really, really cool guy um, that uh, 
you know, I'll, I'll check on and see how he's doing. And, you know, uh, just I enjoy having the uh, ability to really uh, check on him and, and see how he's doing. And uh, he's doing well. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, now. And we also talk about it on the uh, live Q&A, whatever you have. The PNP Nation has. The PNP Nation is always super duper lit, always um, having the fun, fun episode every single week with all of the excitement that uh, you all bring. So I'm sure you're not going to let this person down, just like you never let any of my guests down. Once again, he's back on the scene. He's back on the Pancakes and Power Sam show. He is Chris Masters. How are you tonight, sir? Hey, brother. How you doing? Thank you. I appreciate all the kind words you said, by the way. That was uh, that was really nice, and I'm definitely glad to be back on. And uh, Yeah, man. I, I was going to guess about three three times, too, so uh, we were both yeah. thinking about three. So. Yep. Uh, but congrats <laughs> on, like, what was it, 391 straight? 391. 391. Yeah. Now, did yeah. New Day come – was uh, Pancakes and Power Slams before New Day? Uh. New I'm Day started the play out the play on pancakes. Uh, yes, I believe. Let me see. Uh, the New Day started, uh, and your uh, if you can do me a favor and uh, bump your volume up a little bit. Um, let me see. The New Day debuted in July on July twenty first, two thousand fourteen, and the Pancakes and Power Slam show debuted in April of two thousand twelve. So we've got them mm-hmm. uh, by over two years. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So I was curious. I always like the title, Pancakes and Power Slams, and then I just thought about. It. I mean, New Day freaking throws out pancakes every time they uh, go out. Right? That's right. That's thing. The, yep. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The story is everybody loves pancakes. Yes, everybody <laughs> loves pancakes. The uh, pancakes and power slams actually came from. Um, I shared this story uh, before, and, I, and it's definitely worth sharing again. It's uh, when I started when I started the podcast business. I was I've been a journalist for a while, and I realized that the you know the podcast business was kind of you know started to boom a little bit, started to get some traction. Back in 2012, it weren't it wasn't nearly as uh, popular as it was um, now. Now it's like a, a diamond. Can desert. you believe it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's so many podcasts now. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a podcast everywhere. Um, They're great. Yeah, they're great. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Back in 2012, it definitely wasn't like that. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna kind of. I don't know anything about this. I just know about writing. (laughs) I'm a good writer, but anything, you know, podcasting, all that. I don't know anything about this. Um, So I started, and the goal was to do it in the morning. And uh, that's where Pancakes and Power Sims came from because ah, it was supposed to be a play yeah. on morning wrestling. So, yeah. uh, you know, wrestling or, or wrestling, uh, wrestling commentary in the morning. And so uh, the, the very first episode was a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And that was kind of like a pilot type of episode. And uh, so we, so I aired it there, and the numbers weren't where I wanted to be, and so we changed it from um, 9 a.m. 
Tuesday morning to 11, 11 p.m. Uh, Tuesday night. So from the second show on, it's been 11 p.m. Tuesday nights. And so you can eat pancakes any day of the week. So we just kept the pancakes. <laughs> yeah, no need, no need to change it. No yeah, yeah, no, you're exactly. <laughs> no, no need to change it. I, I eat pancakes, you know, uh, any 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 time of the day. I love pancakes, and so uh, I do love uh, yeah. though the podcasting. I love where podcasting. I love this form of broadcasting, whether it be podcasts or like even Howard Stern or or even AM radio. It's just great with radio because you're able to uh, get these more intimate looks at people, just like what we're doing right now. You're able to have a yep. like a conversation with me and. You know, we can talk about stuff in a, you know, longer form. With television, it's usually much shorter, you know? Yes, yes, 100%. I agree. Um, I don't know if it's me, but maybe your your volume is a little low. Um, so is it? My volume's still bad? Yeah, my volume's still down. Uh, it might be. I'm taking you off my. Let's see. You might be, be able to hear me better now. A little bit. Um, we'll a little make, bit? We'll make, we'll make it happen. I'll try um, to it, might, it might be me, but I just turned you up on my end, so I think the, the listeners can hear you fine. So we'll, we'll be fine. That's cool. Okay, good. Uh, all right, so the the peoples are loading up. The, the PNP Nation is loading up in the chat room. Um, <laughs> so... So people have so 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 the, the the typical hashtag is ask Chris for me. Uh, so we'll do ask CM. So hashtag ask CM. Um, so as the questions are rolling in, Chris, what's uh what's new with you, man? I know that uh, last time we chatted, you were I was supposed to be meeting you meet up with you during WrestleMania weekend, but unfortunately our schedules didn't allow that to happen. Um. You oh, had we'll make a, that happen at some other point. Uh, you know, yeah, I actually just moved back from Canada back to Los Angeles, and I'm happy as can be to be back home. It's beautiful out here, and, I mean, uh, you know, Toronto is a great place, but, you know, when you don't grow up, you know, when you grow up on the West Coast, um, you know, dealing with that weather is really a challenge. So uh, I yes. found myself not really leaving the house in the wintertime. Yes. I didn't know you were on the East Coast. I didn't know you were in Canada. How long were you in Canada? I spent three years there, man. I uh, I did my really? three years, and I just came back. Yeah, I met a woman and uh, moved down there and just kind of got away for a little bit. And, uh, you know, but we I always had the intention of coming back. I just didn't know it would be three years. So, uh, you yeah. know, it's been amazing, you know, coming back and uh, just getting uh, reconnecting with a lot of my old people out here. And, nice. you know, freaking weather is great. And, you know, the wrestling scene is uh, got an amazing out here within the last couple of years. It was never like this before. So, uh, you know, there's a lot to be happy about. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were a fellow East Coaster with me. So the other, so the other times you were on the, uh, on the line with me, you were bearing the, the time frame like me, the fellow East Coaster. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I like, it was much easier to do the interview this time. In this, because yeah. now it's only 7:55 p.m. for me, as opposed to last time, when it was actually 10:55 p.m. I was like, usually I'm, you know, I'm on my way to passing out around 11 p.m. most nights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's um, yeah, West Coast time. That's that's the benefit of West Coast time. I'm so used to East Coast time. 
Uh, and every time I, the further I went, the furthest I've went was just an hour away. Um, I need to go on the West Coast just to experience it. The further, the furthest west I've been was I've been to Chicago, and that's Midwest. I've been like east. I've been like south and southeast and northeast, like most of the, like I've done so much traveling there, but I haven't went anywhere out west. Like I've been went to Colorado, any of it. I I mean, I got to tell you, you know, the whole East Coast, West Coast thing, there's definitely a different um, vibe in the West. Yeah. Say, you know, we get our business handled, but it's, uh, you know, much more kind of chill vibe and, you know, that's why I, you know, when I talk about my time in Toronto, it, it's more just, you know, the weather on the East Coast and the, uh, you know, also it's, it's very, very crowded up there. A lot of people, you know, there's a lot more space when you talk about places like Colorado and Utah, you have all this open uh, space and great landscapes and, you know, it's just, yeah. you can feel it's just a whole different vibe on this side, yep. you know, and I felt that when I've gone to Portland, Oregon, the same thing, it's very chill up there and, even uh, British Columbia, Vancouver up there, beautiful province in Canada. That place is awesome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've been to Canada. I've never – it's funny because when I went to Buffalo, New York, my wife and I, we, we went to Buffalo for one one of our years, uh, anniversary years. We went to Buffalo, New York, and we went on a uh, on a boat ride. And that does, that does not sound fun to me. Buffalo, New York, and a boat ride. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. We went to uh, we, we we did the wow. Niagara. So we did the Niagara. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, Niagara's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a, it was like a, it was like a, a cruise boat, uh, yep. cruise boat type of ride. That was a it was a pretty nice ride, a couple hours, and so we so we uh, journeyed through the Niagara, and they were uh, sharing the stories and everything. And so we were illegally – so part of the boat ride is like chartering in Niagara, uh, the Canada part of Niagara. And so, yep. and so like so, – so technically we were in Canada water-wise, not land but water-wise. So I can technically say I've been in Canada based on the boat ride facts that it was in the uh, the, the water part of it, so – that's amazing that, uh, you know, they don't even have a customs out there. You know, they're very strict at that border. I don't know if you've heard, but there's a lot of wrestlers who, you know, from Canada that'll try to come to America to work and mm-hmm. vice versa. And, like, you know, they've gotten heavy uh, fines labeled on them because uh, they'll yeah. say they're not going there to work. And then they'll check their car and they'll see gear and then they'll check on the Internet. They'll see these people advertised and, you know, I know people have been banned, you know, for. Uh, really? For they they do that? Yeah, like, they check, well, not they check booking. Banned, but, you know, there's a strict sentence. I don't remember specifically what it is, but I remember when I was in Canada and I've worked with some of these guys on the indie shows out there. I've spoken to a few of them who couldn't go to the U.S. for X amount of time because they had busted, been busted under the uh, situation wow. we were just talking about now. So, you know, it's, I, I hear it's much easier, though, for Americans to go to Canada and work. It's, uh, you know, like there's not as strict about you going to work. And it's more America that is kind of you know real harsh about it yeah yeah wow i didn't know that i didn't know that they went to the uh extent of of checking bookings on on the internet and stuff yeah like well, uh, well even i remember when me got stopped and i remember like i've been stopped at customs a few times and they uh they'll 
they have no problem going to the internet to look up anything and you know you can find a lot of, especially when you're uh, obviously you have you know uh you're somewhat of a public figure or whatever they you know because they can find yeah. stuff about you much easier yeah yeah yeah, that's 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 crazy. Uh, so Gabriel said uh, he he requested the hashtag of Ask Masterpiece. Okay, that works. We'll do that. Ask Masterpiece. All right, so let's get these questions rolling in, guys. Uh, what questions do you have for my buddy Chris Masters here? Or Chris Adonis says uh, you go you buy you go buy Adonis on the Indies, right? Uh, no, that was only for uh, Impact Wrestling, and I, I keep it as a Twitter handle because uh i got verified through impact wrestling so if i change it i'll lose my verification but i mean most uh, people know me as masters and it's yeah. it just sounds better i think i agree i agree yeah. yeah um yeah chris masters is what you've been known by so uh so that's weird so you didn't get you didn't get verified as masters while you were in the wwe well no like all that the verification you know like my last that's year WWE was 2011 and like yeah. a lot, social media was a, you know establishing itself, but it wasn't kind of as solidified as it is now, where I think they have the verifications and all that. So, uh, you know, I didn't have it for a long time until I was with Impact, and then I requested it, and I was able to do it. You know, like there's a few guys having trouble doing it now, but it's a lot of it. I think is you have to be tied to some kind of big company uh, unless you have a certain amount of followers, I guess, or something like that. Okay, got it. Really interesting. No. Um, no. Really interesting stuff. Uh, so you wouldn't be able to change it to Masters and then get re-verified? Uh, well, I might have some difficulty doing it, so I just haven't thought to do it. You know, like I thought about it Got at it. one point, but then if I, you know, if I lose the verification, then, you know, I'd rather people, because if you type Chris Masters in on Twitter, it's still going to direct you right to uh, the anonymous handle anyway, you know? True. That's true. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, we got a question here from uh, Lexi. She's asking, what was your most profound memory from your submission match with uh, Cena and Angle? Uh, how would you how would you have changed the finish of the match? Great question. Oh, it was uh, – I mean, I would have put myself over, obviously. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think the, the memory I have from that match actually that distinctly is – well, I think it was like my first title shot on Raw which was pretty cool at main event on raw. But also I think that was the first time Cena used the STF. And if, if I'm not mistaken and boy, he really just, he choked the hell out of me. I was literally like turning purple. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they used it as a promotional picture. I remember every time I see it, you could see uh, just anguish, you know, the pain and anguish in my face. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Now, where, was there been has there been any times where he's executed that move and is drawn heat in the back because he does he does put some torque on that <laughs> on that move. I mean, eventually got to the point where like he would barely even do it. He would just kind of extend his arms. I wonder if yeah. I wonder if that was because he was doing it improperly in the beginning. Yeah, I'm assuming he might have probably. Uh... Might have probably did it similar to the way he did to me to maybe Kurt Angle at one point, and Kurt probably to ask him to line up. I mean, this is just me speculating, but uh, mm-hmm. I imagine something like that probably happened because I, I, it wasn't like I'm not saying that Cena had necessarily intended it. You know, uh, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, whatever. But uh, I do know about Cena's when he would, 
you know, he would get real fired up out there. And, you know, he's not mm-hmm. trying to stiff nobody, but he's uh, definitely uh, intense and may not even know his own strength, really. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can, you can definitely I mean, I can that. tell you, by him. taking his punches, it was much very the same, all the same things. So, you know, those were very heavy hands. Yeah, for sure. Was there any uh, any heat, any backstage heat moment that you remember with uh, Cena after one of his matches with someone by because he was uh, kind of got a little bit too intense? Uh, well, uh, not really too much. I mean, Cena was, you know, he's in like the top spot in the whole company. So, uh, yeah. you know, I don't think anybody was necessarily trying to challenge him. And, you know, there just wasn't that kind of vibe uh, about Cena in terms of, oh, like, you know, we need to confront him or anything like that. You know, he was a hard worker and, despite what people say about him, he took care of business. I mean, he showed up every day to work and, you know, there wasn't much you could pick apart in terms of his, uh, you know, like, you know, how much of a hard worker he was and consistent yeah. and all that. So uh, I can't, I can't remember anything like that. I mean, you know, if, if there was any instances like that, it was done um, outside the eye of uh, all the boys. Yeah. He's, um, you know, there's been, of course, there's a lot of, uh, I, he he has a stigma of not really pushing the the up and comers, but at the same time he also has uh, a, uh, a a very uh, resounding reputation of being one of the hardest workers and having one of the best work ethics in the business. First one to come, last one to leave, type of thing. So I think that's you know I, I would say that's one of the biggest reasons why. I mean, of course, Vince saw a lot of potential in him, but I would say that's one of the biggest reasons why, um, you know, he got the push that he did too, because he saw, you know, that, that work ethic. And so uh, he's, he's definitely known for that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next, uh, we got Mo asking, what wrestling promotion are you wrestling for now? And is there any plans to go back to WWE or to go to AEW? Uh, well, now I've been, uh, as you already know i've been wrestling uh on various independent promotions all over the world i wrestled for uh loose wrestling just a couple weeks ago which is uh basically the only wrestling promotion in all of hawaii so it's a pretty awesome deal they got going over there you got uh nice. and uh and rain and i mean who doesn't want to go to hawaii to wrestle you know like right. that's just <laughs> beautiful and then like you know before that you know pakistan actually of all places has become an emerging wrestling market so there's various wow. promotions there and uh i'm currently actually contracted with one of them it's called ring of pakistan and i've gone out there a couple of times to work so uh you know and then uh you know just various stuff all over i mean cactus league wrestling this sunday which is a promotion based out of arizona and uh there is something else uh oh npw which is an uh I think Petaluma, California. So that's on Saturday. So, I mean, you know, just various stuff. But uh, in terms of uh, WWE or AEW, I always say to that, um, never say never. But I will say that I don't have any really, I don't really have any aspirations in pro wrestling anymore outside of doing it the way I'm doing it now. And, you know, I don't have a goal of going back to WWE. I don't have a goal of going to AEW. Uh, If anything, I'm just looking for uh, other ways to, you know, uh, create revenue streams and opportunities for myself. Uh, you know, wrestling is always going to be here, and it fills my weekends quite nicely. But uh, Monday through Friday is what I'm looking at. Nice, yeah. 
Well, you know, you can always get in the podcast. <laughs> I even, I oh, yeah, just that. another podcast. That's exactly <laughs> what we need. <laughs> I can't even hold that with a straight face. You can always get into the podcast business. Uh, yeah, yeah, never rule anything out, man. You know, hey, if if I had a, a very specific idea for a specific type of podcast, I would definitely be game for it. But just to do the Chris Masters podcast, you know, that's not very motivating. Yeah, you know what's so funny, man? I was actually thinking about you. Uh, uh, I, I would. I was actually thinking about you. Uh, about bringing you on as a frequent and, and maybe doing some type of master lock podcast or something like that. And just, cause you got a, you've got a bunch of stuff um, to share, you know, with your time in WWE and things like that. It's just the, the only thing about the, the well, podcast. There's always, something, there's always something to talk about in terms of wrestling yeah. and like, yeah. and, to, and I'm not just talking about like, there's always the wrestling that you're seeing on television. Now there's always, the wrestling that happens in on, in my life on a weekly basis. I mean, like yeah. every time I come back from these shows, I mean, there's always stories as, you know, the best stuff happens behind the scenes and, you know, <laughs> just going oh, from yeah. the hotels to the shows and all, you know, all that stuff. So, uh, yep. you know, that's definitely Absolutely. something uh, I think that would be fun to look into. And like I said, I love, you know, this form of kind of broadcasting anyway. So Me too. Uh, yeah, it could be fun. I agree. I agree. Maybe that's something we can we can chat about. I, I'll be your uh, I, I'll be the the host to your to your Master Lock podcast. Uh, um, yeah, that that would be pretty pretty nice. Uh, but yeah, the only thing the only thing about that is that there's so many there's so many podcasts that that you know either you you have an advantage because you're a wrestler, but like an independent podcaster like me. Like if I was if I was to jump in the podcast business like right now, it would be like so difficult. Like thankfully, you know, I'm 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 so blessed that I actually make revenue from this podcast with sponsors and things like that. But um and, and, it's probably and, good that you started when you did, right? Like Exactly. Like you said, if you start yeah. now you there's just so many of them. How do people even find you, how do they get interested? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now I have a kind of like a, a portfolio, you know what I mean? Because I've interviewed so many people. I've interviewed a dozen WWE Hall of Famers and, uh, you know, probably 20 plus, you know, uh, uh, shoe-in Hall of Famers. So, and uh, over 150 wrestlers total. And so I think because of that, you know, kind of portfolio, it's easier to find Pancakes and Power Slams because I've been featured on Sports Illustrated, Fox Sports, uh, you know, wrestling observer, wrestling observer newsletter, and things like that. So that helps. Yeah, I've seen I've just, seen it but, pop up a few times outside of even the times I've been interviewed. By oh, you. really? So, uh, that's yeah, nice yeah. That's I, cool. you know, I also another one I really like. I must say, the uh, Conrad Thompson, I believe that's his name, the guy who's been doing yeah. the uh, with Bruce Pritchard and Bischoff. I mean, it's just yep. really nice to. Uh, hear memories of these various years of professional wrestling that a lot of us grew up on and, you know, kind of hear what the hell was going on around then. So I've enjoyed those. And that's the type that's of style it, that, that I that's like. A, and, that's a, and that's a good idea for a podcast too, because there's very, there's all this very specific material they have to work with of years right. of pro wrestling. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's a great concept. It's a great format. It's a great idea. And, you know, the people that are using are great. I agree with that. Uh, uh, I agree with that so much. That's the reason why I'm saying like, 
there's so many podcasts that talks about wrestling. That's the reason why uh, my like pancakes and power slams. My 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 deal is a wrestler every week, and then most of the most of the show I talk about just headlines. I really talk a little about like Raw and SmackDown and things like that. I really, it's more of a newsy because I'm a journalist. It's more of a newsy style, newsy type podcast. Uh, and, and because the thing is, I always wanted to stand out. It's funny because um, I have to give credit to, uh, um, oh gosh, um, who, uh, somebody, somebody, I forgot who it was. I, I, I still talk to like a lot of people in the business and um, uh, I got to remember who uh, gave me some good uh, uh um, advice on that, um, but I, I, I'll, I'll remember it. But uh, yeah, it'll, so it'll he probably gave me, come to you after we're done. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> um, oh man, I just remember. Uh, uh, I just yeah, I'll I, I remember it. Um, uh, he was a writer for uh, Smack WWE. He was a writer for Dave Lagana. Uh, Dave Lagana, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, there, and I, I can't believe we actually too. Yeah, yeah, it, it was uh-huh. Dave Lagana. Yeah, he um, he's been on the show before, but uh, he gave me some advice because I would uh, kind of just uh, ask him some questions, like even like a bunch of times uh, off air and stuff like that. And uh, you know, he he gave us some really good advice. Uh, uh, of just some some nuances uh, of what to do, and um, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. So I'm I'm, I'm forever thankful for the Dave Laganas and uh, um, uh, 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 Shane Helms. He gave me some good advice. He gave me some really good encouragement before uh, before he came on my show. We were talking off air. Uh, he was like, "Yeah, I I, uh, I I I highly encourage you, and I highly commend you for." keeping this show as long as it has been and doing it all year. Cause he said that it's, he's had, you know, he had a show and it was really tough for him to do it and he would do it seasonal and things like that. And so, um, so yeah, uh, let's see that another question. Uh, can you name the one wrestler, any promotion that you would want to have a retirement match and possibly pass on the master lock? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's a, have an odd question like i don't know i guess i'd say my little bro uh austin theory but i don't i, I don't think he needs the uh, master lock he's got a lot of cool offense he's he's really good man he's the yeah. like the future for sure yeah yeah he's a good like, kid i like him as, as young as he is to have so much ring presence already that's a that's a big deal man so uh, yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely a feature. So, well, uh, I don't want to hold you any longer, man. I, I want to respect the, our time. Um, this is a this is a like wet your appetite. You know, there's so much uh, there's so much that I want to talk about more. Uh, maybe if there's time for maybe yeah, can, well, uh, I think we should look into you know uh, what you were talking about. Maybe we can uh, end up doing something. You know, I just. You know, if time uh, allows it, but, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on and it'd definitely be uh, cool to, you know, have something more frequent like you were talking about. So uh, maybe we'll look to doing that. 
Yeah, man, I'm 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 definitely game for that. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. There, there's so many. There's thoughts that I have. Like maybe we can do like a post pay per view type of podcast, and maybe you know I can have you on as a uh, monthly you know frequent you know just to kind of. No, that, you, that's gonna you know, be that's gonna be a tough part because if I have to sit through wrestling pay per views, uh, that might be uh, <laughs> you know we'll see about that one. We'll have to work, we'll you work watch- through the sticking points. Yeah. Do you watch any of the product anymore? Uh, only what I see mainly on Instagram. I mean, I stay pretty up on it just because I'm around it all the time yeah. in various yeah. ways. But, uh, you know, I don't make uh, time for the pay-per-views or for Raw or anything like that. No, not at this point. Yeah. Would that be something you'd be interested in doing is going, getting back into watching it every week? Especially with the – now, There's there's Thursday is literally the only day – of the week that there won't be any wrestling. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I probably, I don't think I can sit through it, honestly. I mean, uh, like, yeah, you know, under a different format, I can uh, probably do it. But in terms of having to sit through wrestling right now, no, nah, there's too much else to do. <laughs> so so Monday you'll have, Monday's Raw, Tuesday's AEW, Wednesday's NXT, Thursday's nothing. Friday's going no, to be No, isn't small. AEW, isn't it? Um, isn't AEW's Tuesdays. Full? I thought AEW was on... Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. Um, Wednesdays, yeah, they're going to be going head-to-head. Tuesdays is a... Uh, well, Impact moved to Tuesdays. That's what that's what it was. Impact moved to I imagine, though, you know, it's really cool because it's, you know... Uh, you know, as well as I do, probably the most fun that we had as wrestling fans was having various, uh, you know, like the Monday Night Wars and all of that, so I'm I'm not saying it's going to be that, but to have that kind of element, you know, and have AEW on TNT, I mean that's uh, yeah. so so nostalgic for all of us. I mean I don't know yes, if you were, were you watching around that time. Oh yeah, I've been watching wrestling since like 1985. <laughs> so okay, yeah. yeah, so yeah, you know what's up then. You know what's yeah. up. I mean it was the best <laughs> time. I mean I don't think there's any uh, question about that, but uh, yeah, man, we'll talk soon. I'm just uh, I'm gonna make myself some bison burger right now. It's, the masterpiece has got to eat. Bison burger? That sounds pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, huh. it's supposed to be a really high quality source of protein. So, uh, a little uh, nutritional advice for all you aspiring masterpieces out there. Not bison burger. That's pretty cool. Good stuff, Chris. Well, uh, again for the third time, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be texting you soon, man, so we can we can talk and brainstorm and uh, and, and we'll we'll make something happen. All right, brother. Thanks for having me. Talk to you soon. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Chris Masters back on the show. Uh, As always, been a pleasure with Chris Masters. Uh, That's really cool, man. Yeah, I was was thinking about that. PMP Nation, let me know. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about what you want Chris to do. So he wants – so he's interested in working with me to – to, to do like a podcast when it comes to talking about, you know, wrestling stories, but he doesn't want to sit through uh, the current product <laughs> and do a review show. Oh <laughs> uh, man, you know, so funny as many people, as many wrestlers as I talk to, uh, there's not a lot of people who actually want to just uh, watch the product like uh, top to bottom anymore. Uh, I wonder if people like get so tired of 
being in the product for so long and then it gets to the point of uh uh they just kind of want to be away from it so I don't know, but I always say, man, I, I love when people are marks for the business. Um, I, I love when people are marks and still, you know, still watch it and was in it for a while and still watch it like faithfully every week. I think that's, to me, that's just so cool. There's something, something super cool about that. So PMP Nation, how are y'all doing today? Um, let's see, my mic is uh, getting red. How y'all hearing me? Y'all hear me well out there? How's the audio? How's how's the volume? How's everything? Um, Sports Huddle is in the building. How's everything? Moe's in the building. Lexi's in the building. Gabriel's in the building. Um, Hear me good. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So, we got some headlines today. We got some um, Ask Chris questions, of course. Uh, hashtag Ask Chris. We got some trivia, and then uh, flavor of the week. We can call it Chris Masterclass, where you and he talk on the past wrestling eras, and he shares behind the curtain stories. I like it. I like it. I like it. Masterclass. I like it. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, we we also have. Uh, the point of the week, we're going to talk about King of the Ring 1998. So uh, with the King of the Ring passing and the Hell in a Cell coming, the perfect medium, perfect blend, because at it was actually a Hell in a Cell match at King of the Ring. So ah, there you go. There's the, there's the merge uh, with that. Um, they already have – don't they have something like that where celebrities share their craft and stuff? I don't know. I don't know. I'll check it out. Uh, the master class. Uh, let's see. I like it. That's a very catchy name, though. Um, the master class is a class given to students of particular discipline. Uh, no, nope. So it's like an online class, but that w- that wouldn't that patent wouldn't be. Uh, you know that w- that wouldn't that trademark wouldn't be. Uh, that would be a different type of entertainment. So it wouldn't be like uh, media. Uh, so, yeah. So it looks like we're clear for now. If it was, you know, master class would be the the way to go. So, um, so you know what came up to my mind and we're going to talk about a little bit today? Uh, <laughs> so as Chris was talking, so as Chris was talking, I was thinking about because last time he's he's made it public, so I'm, I'll share because he made it public. He was talking about how I think either the last time he was on the show or the time before that, uh, he wasn't very happy. He wasn't happy at all with his Impact TNA whatever run, and so uh, I was thinking about that as he was talking and how happy he is to just do indie work and continue to get and which is a really good thing to make a living just working on the weekends getting booked in Hawaii and Pakistan are you kidding me um you know the the grind has to be uh you know of course you don't have like with working with bigger companies like WWE and so forth I mean you'll have they basically do the dates for you they're they're, they're your promoter but you know when you do indie work now it's easier to get gigs because yes you're your own promoter 
but you know people you know companies like WWE they've they've uh created a, a name for you enough for you to get some good bookings uh so that, I think that's really cool man to to someone uh, a promotion in Pakistan and said hey you know Chris Masters let's <laughs> let's book Chris Masters a, a promotion in Hawaii um, people dream to go to Hawaii. You know, uh, my wife and I, we, about, about a few years ago, um, we were considering going to Hawaii for our anniversary. And, uh, those tickets are insanely expensive, insanely expensive. Let's check and see, let's check and see how much a ticket to Hawaii would be. Um, let's see, let's just choose the capital, Honolulu. Uh, ticket to Honolulu from where I live. Let's see. So if I was to catch a flight, uh, it's saying that if I was to leave on Saturday, November the 2nd, uh, for one way. For connecting, okay, so it says connecting. Um, let's make sure that it's round trip. Okay, so it'll be it'll be a connecting flight. The shortest time is eleven hours and forty minutes, and the cheapest is six hundred and twenty-three dollars. Yeah, that's crazy. Mo, it'll be seven hundred and forty-eight for you. Yikes! That is a lot of money to go to Hawaii. So, if you want to go to Hawaii, you bet to uh, have a lot of money stored up for you. So I'm seeing like five seventy-eight for orbits. Okay, there you go. That's not including fees or anything, but five seventy-eight is still a lot. It's still very expensive. Well, that's in January, so to be cheaper. The the usually the the closer you are, the more expensive it is. Um, yeah, <laughs> I hear you, Mo. The only way you go is when you if you're stationed there. Uh, but speaking of that, you know you're in the Navy, so uh, first of all, thank you for serving once again. Um, uh, Mo, um, where have you been? Where where you know you sail the seven seas? Uh, in your in your naval journeys, um, what are some places you've been um, overseas? So there was a there was a pretty funny uh, <clears throat> picture you put up recently. I think it was you was talking about uh, I forgot what it was, but it said something. It was like it was just like coast. It was just a horizon of water. <laughs> And uh, it was saying something like, you've been there. Uh, that's how cities look like to you or destinations look like to you. It's just like a bunch of water. So that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I was like, yeah, you're in the Navy. So uh, that wouldn't make sense. So, um, but yeah, so so here's the thing. I was thinking as, as Chris was talking, I was thinking about, Ring King, and that's probably why, because Dave Lagana was worked uh, with Ring King. That's the uh, that's probably what made me think of Ring King was uh, Dave Lagana. Uh, so, 
so so Rinkai King only lasted a few months, and um, Jerusalem was the fa- your favorite place you've been. Oh, that that seems like that would be super super dope to go to. My pastor's been to Jerusalem. Uh, he he says uh, really good things about it. I think. Um, I think uh, one of my closest uh, friends, a godmom to our kids, I think she's been to Israel. I don't remember what part of Israel, but um, I don't, I don't remember, I don't remember if it was Jerusalem, but uh, but yeah, Jerusalem, I would love to go to Jerusalem, the Holy Land. Um, so, so Rinka King, who remembers Rinka King? Who remembers that? Uh, Croatia, Italy, Spain, Cyprus, Bahrain, Dubai, Portugal, and Greece. That's just a few places you've been. That's super awesome. Super awesome. Who has the best food, Mo? Who has the best food? What's up, GHP? Glad to have you on the show today. Um, yeah, so who remembers Ring King? Portugal has the best food, Mo says. I've heard that Portugal food is really good. Um, that's that's pretty dope. Um, so I need to talk to somebody. I need to interview somebody about Rinka King. That was um, Italian food as well. Okay. So so the Italian food we have here, of course, is very counterfeit, right? Like it's not, it's not a, uh, it's American Italian food. It's, it's what I've heard from people who's been in Italy, Italy before. So I watch a lot of food. I used to watch. I, I haven't as much, but I probably will again. I, I used to love watching like food uh, shows. There was a history food factor fiction that that uh, that uh, show is really dope. And they would have a bunch of historical facts about food and stuff. Uh, um, like about, I think they said something about Belgian waffles. Um, um, just a bunch of, bunch a bunch of pretty cool stuff. Uh, let's see, food fact or fiction. Um, let's see if I can find any. Uh, secrets revealed. Um, let's see. From ketchup. Oh, I was a quiz. I don't know. I'm not going to do a quiz. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't. There's just a bunch of promotions. Um, Genghis Khan is create connected to the creation of the hamburger. Um, and then the origins of food too. Um, uh, there was one of them that it, it and originally had an S with it's 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 kind of like um it was supposed to there was something I forgot what it was um shepherd's pie where that came from and the origin of that some really cool stuff actually. Um, really cool stuff. Uh, wanted to go to Rome and Paris. Nice. We're going to talk about how Mandy Rose is going down that Eva Marie path. (laughs) 
Uh, well, you know, that's that's the thing, JSP. Uh, when Vince sees busty blondes, you know, that's that's basically uh, – it's funny because Eva Marie was redhead, but she still fit the mold as far as just that type of type of woman, you know, that type of female that's just kind of like this the, the stereotypical type and, um, you know, like the Tory Wilsons of this world um, – you know, it's it's sad that they have. To, if you look like that, you kind of have to be pigeonholed to to that. Uh, Alexis says, "Rome, back in city, Pompeii is a very spiritual journey. I would not recommend it unless you are grounded in your beliefs." Very interesting. Well, you know, I love apologetics, and so uh, that would definitely be something I would uh, I would go to, and I would film as well, and I would uh, make a podcast out of it, probably. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, she's the last diva. That's uh, that's really interesting. That's a, that's a good point, DSP. All right, so who remembers Rinka King? I gotta interview someone. Maybe Dutch Mantel. Uh, I I, I want to interview someone who would shoot uh, on Rinka King. Um, let me see from Rinka King. Well, maybe Matt Morgan. Maybe he can talk about uh, Rinka King. Uh, I think that's where I got Shira from. I'm probably Shira. Uh, I've had Nick Dinsmore on my show before. He was a part of Rinka King. Um, I've had uh, Nick Aldis on my show twice. He was a part of Rinka King. Maybe we could talk about Rinka King. Um, I've had Sanjay Dutt on my show twice, but uh, he's he's with WWE now. So, um. The Bollywood boys, um, you know, they're on two two oh five live now. Uh, Jimmy Rave, he was supposed to come on my show like a couple of years ago, but we never we fell out of contact. I need to see if uh, see what he's up to. Uh, DJ Z, uh, he's been on my show before, but he's with WWE now. Um. Broadway and Hollywood? What? So wait a minute. So <laughs> so little Guido and Joey Ryan was a tag team and Rika King? I forgot all about that. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. Uh so uh so Hart, so um Harry Smith, he he teamed with Chavo. That's an interesting tag team. That's odd. Um so Aria Davari and Sean Davari were the Sheiks. I didn't know that they were. I didn't know that uh, Aria Davari was in Rinka King. That's interesting. Um, you know, Davari's with WWE now. As far as I know, uh, we we kept in contact for still for a while. I've had Aria and uh, Sean on my. I've had Sean on my show a bunch of times, like five times. Um, I've had Aria on my show. I did not know that they were tag teaming uh, in Rinka King. I never knew that. I got to bring somebody. I've had a, uh, RDX, Abyss, and Scott Steiner. Oh, I've had Abyss on my show before, too. Um, wow, that's really, really interesting. I got to bring somebody from Rinka King on the show, and uh, we'll talk Rinka King. So, uh, yeah, we got to bring somebody from there on my show. Uh, 
Lexi's asking, there has been much speculation with the season premiere announcement change of sets and bolster of storylines that VKM is taking AEW as a credible threat. What are your thoughts? Fantastic question, Lexi. Um, it's clear that it's clear that uh, AEW's a, a threat because they're they're on the mainstream. They're a mainstream television show, wrestling show. There has not been any other mainstream television wrestling show. Um, WWE didn't take Impact Wrestling seriously uh, because there was something about Impact Wrestling that didn't have a big feel to it. That's and that's the thing about Impact Wrestling. It just it always had that second rate feel to it. Now, granted, you know um, they just landed a, a, a spot with Access, which is super dope, um, uh, huge. I actually got uh, the press release mail emailed to me. The email the email the press releases to the media. I got it emailed to me. Um, I gotta find where it is, but uh, that's uh, that's really cool, man. I uh, give them major, major kudos for that. <clears throat> yeah, last uh, this morning I got an email to me. Um, Access TV launches Impact Wrestling Tuesday nights <clears throat> at eight. The debut special starting October first. <clears throat> And the Impact premiere on October 29th. So two hours every Tuesday night on Access. That's that's a big deal, man. That's a really, really big deal. Um, so they're really they're really pushing Ken Shamrock uh, <clears throat> as a big name for Impact now. He was the first champion. He was the first champion in, in Impact Wrestling. Um. I don't know if y'all remember that. <clears throat> so, yeah, good stuff. TJP, Rich Swan, Tessa Blanchard, Rhino, RVD, Eddie Edwards, Sammy Callahan, Moose, Tanil Dashwood, Tyne Valkyrie, Rosemary, Michael Elgin. Uh, those are all the people they named in their press release. So, yeah, good stuff. Congratulations to Impact Wrestling. I'm all about uh, good competition, so uh, congrats on that. <clears throat> so uh, that's awesome. Congrats to Impact Wrestling on that. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's get to these headlines, guys. Let's have some fun with these headlines. Y'all know what time it is. Let's see if there's any questions first uh, before I get to these headlines. Let's see if there's any questions, any more Ask Chris questions. Um, what's up, the leader? You missed uh, you missed Chris Masters. You missed a live Q and A with uh, Chris Masters. Everyone ready to flip the channels back and forth? Yeah, that's what I used to do, man. But you know, here's the joy about nowadays. Beforehand, Monday Night Wars, I literally had the remote and I was just flipping it back and forth. I had to re- I had my hand on the remote the whole show. Uh, on Monday nights, and I pushed that reset button until it was wore out. Because uh, I would hit the reset button and it would go back to the other channel, and I would hit the reset button and just <laughs> it go it goes back to the other channel, and that was uh, super cool. But nowadays, like I have, 
I have a la- I have two laptops, uh, a tablet, a phone, and and two screens in my office. Um, so I mean, I have tons of electronics that I can watch it on. I can watch, you know, both shows at the same time. I've done that before, actually. I've watched. Uh, I was catching up with G1 Climax, and I was watching uh, Raw on one screen and G1 Climax on the other on the other uh, on the other screen. I've done that. I've done that plenty of times, actually. Um, all right, so uh, another ask risk question, and we get to these headlines. From an outside point of view, Lexi's asking, it seems that WWE has abandoned the women's evolution with a lackluster booking of talent. Do you believe AEW will win in this category? Ah, uh, see. Yeah. You see, first, you see, Kurt Angle was the first TNA champ. See, he was the first champion when it became TNA championship. It uh, it started as the NWA championship, and Kurt uh, and Ken Shamrock won the Royal Rumble to uh, crown the first NWA TNA champ. And then they switched all the belts uh, over when TNA left the NWA, and then uh, Kurt Angle became the first uh, TNA champ that way. Um. But yeah, there's uh, there's something about uh, AEW's women division that hasn't uh, really clicked with me yet. Uh, there's not there's not a big storyline that's really on the map when it comes to uh, the women's division right now. So um, I know that they unveiled the the women's championship and things like that. They've got and the and the people that got vying for it. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's just it just really doesn't uh, doesn't click with me yet. So, um, unless you unless you have a good story, I've said this many times. You can wrestle. You can you can do laps around the ring. You know, in the ring and and, and wrestle a, a catches catch can clinic. But it's like. Yeah, you know, I'll give you a this is awesome in my head. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, Mo Archer was NWA champ twice, if I can recall, if if I recall correctly. Uh, the first black NWA champion was our truth. How about that? Um, but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, you can just do. I mean, you can have wrestling matches until. You're blue in the face, but if 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 wrestling is all about just having really good matches in the ring, that doesn't stand out. I mean, that, what stands out if every match is good on the show, and uh, and there's no there's no character development. So uh, when Brandy Rhodes is one of your main ladies, yeah, depth is really 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 lacking. That's a that's a good point. I would tend to agree with that actually. I would tend to agree with that. Indeed, I would. Um, all right, so let's do this, guys. You ready for it? Ready for the headlines? Well, I'm ready for the headlines. So with that, without further ado, let's get this rolling. Headlines. Here we go. All right, let's start with uh, the pyro. Let's start with the pyro one. Here we go. So the WWE wants pyro. They, they want to bring back pyro. So they're uh, allegedly bringing back pyro 
because of the the money um, uh, acquired, there's uh, Russell Volts actually they get credit for for announcing this. Um, allegedly, uh, because of you know the the money rolling in, um, uh, because of the deals and things like that to really um, to to really add to the the product again, you know, there's going to be some competition again. It's that competitive feel again. There's many variation. There are many variables of why it can be coming back, but um, there's supposed to be pyro coming back on Raw and SmackDown. So that is a big deal. I I am a huge fan of that man. I've I've been saying that for I've been saying this for a long time that one of the things that help develop characters. And I say this, I say this a lot. It's it's because it's, uh, I don't understand how you wouldn't agree with how important it is to develop characters in the WWE, uh, just in pro wrestling period. And it takes much more than just wrestling in the ring. You've got to, I mean, your wardrobe matters, your theme music matters, pyro. Just imagine Kane's career without any pyro over the past 22 years. Like if he didn't get any pyro, if he didn't do the whole you know thing in the ring, and it'd just be nothing, you know. What I mean, just you got to think about that. Think about Brock Lesnar uh, for a lot of his career when he would, uh, you know, when he did the you know bouncing back side to side, and when he would do that, he would have the pyro come out. Just the, it's just a, uh, just a level of excitement when that person get uh, when that person. Uh, is in the in, in, in the entrance and they, and they got that moment and just uh, it just jacks them up, excites them, and just gets them real pumped. And then when uh, Lesnar would jump on the ring, he would have the pyro. Uh, uh, Taker would do the whole thing, um, you know. But uh, Edge, you know, when he came out, he had a big pyro. Kurt Angle, of course, you know, when he would, you know, do the uh, hands in the air and. The pyro get out, the would uh, go off. Uh, Batista, he, he definitely Batista, um, with the bazookas. Uh, of course, Jericho. You know, Jericho. I mean, it really, really helped Jericho's career. So pyro has really been a a huge influence, a huge assist uh, in a lot of people's career. Uh, it's it's really helped them go to the next level. Uh, Booker T as well, when he would just do the whole thing and the flames would come up, it really helped a lot of people's career. It's such a big, big contribution, and um, it's it, it's weird. I understand that they were cost cutting and things like that, and uh, there's also going to be new sets too. So that's uh that's really dope too, uh, because this general generic Raw and SmackDown set it just really seemed like. It it just really seems like WWE was cost cutting so much that they really lost the, the the core of what made them get where they were. You know, I understand. I understand from a business standpoint, you got a cost cut. You got, um, you know, you got salaries to pay. Uh, you got, um, yeah, you know, uh, media and, and things like that. There's a lot. I understand that, but at the same time, developing the characters got you to where you are. I mean, Vincent Man is worth three billion dollars at this point, uh, and, and 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 WWE is reaching you know uh, 
record high revenue rates over the past few years. So you're making money, clearly, you know what I mean, uh, in, in from, from digital media and, and things like that and all different types of, you know, uh, streams uh, within the company of how they're making money. Um, now, NXT wasn't really a moneymaker, um, but at the same time, they had enough money to feed, you know, NXT to make it be on the network now, you know, on network television. And so it's just, you know, it's kind of like spend money to make money type of thing. So, you know, it, it's, I think it will be really important. And, I, and, I, and I'm excited about it, really. I really am excited about it. I think it's very, very important, very necessary to have Pyro. And uh, I think it really will help a lot of people's characters if you give them Pyro. Um, I'm really excited about who they're going to give Pyro uh, to and how they're really going to help their characters. Because it just, you know, it's the, the, and of course, Brock's going to have it. Um, Kofi had it too when he would just do the when he would do the boom boom. You know, he had uh, he had Pyro too. So I think that uh, I, I think that it just automatically adds a level of. <clears throat> excitement and it, it, it kind of elevates the character when you say, okay, we're going to spend money to give you pyro. Obviously there's a, <clears throat> there's an investment that we want to make in you. And I, I'm a big fan of that. JSP is saying, um, tell me why did they have Kane to the pyro just for all two weeks ago, but pyro wasn't back yet. Yeah. He's done that a few times. And I'm like, uh, that's odd. Yeah, I agree, Gabriel. AJ needs his pyro back too. I agree. Um, he's had that Ryback pyro recently. You know, when <laughs> Ryback. And the crazy thing is, Ryback never had. He would do the feed me more. It's feeding time, and it would always be the fake pyro. <laughs> and I always thought that that was so funny, man. He never had a real pyro. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, I. Kane has done that a few times with the fake pyro and just, and then Lesnar would do the, you know, the, <laughs> the, 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 uh, arm pump, um, uh, the fist pump, you know, reverse fist pump type thing and double fist pump. And, uh, it would be nothing like he would just be on the ramp and he would just get hyped and just do like that. And it just, Nothing. No pyro, no nothing. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes it really weird. Uh, so I'm really, really happy that they're getting pyro back, and I think it's a really cool uh, addition to Raw and SmackDown. It, it, it's making, it, it actually excites me because I, because it really shows me they're, they're, that they're really finally spending time to get back to the brass tacks of it, to get back to the point of them really wanting to develop characters and that's what the reason why they keep going to the legends well is because they keep doing that because they don't have a they, they don't have characters being developed right now um you know every there's nobody except for maybe roman reigns there's no full-time wwe competitor right now that has a transcend the business feel to them none there's name me one Name me one person that has a larger-than-life, transcend-the-business feel to their character. Name me one person. I would say Roman Reigns uh, because he has a large, you know, he's in he's in theater now, you know, he, with uh, the Hobbs and Shaw. Um, 
But name me one full-time person in WWE that has a larger in life, they're going to transcend the business uh, feel to it. Charlotte, but that's the closest. I'll, I'll, I'll slightly grant you Charlotte, but you're right. That's the closest. Um, I'll, I'll slightly grant you Charlotte. I agree. I, I, I'll agree with that. It's a thin line, though. Yep, I, I agree with that assessment. Um, yep, I, 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 that's that's where I'm at. I'll, I'll slightly grant you Charlotte. We'll we'll do that, but. That's it. <laughs> uh, you know, and still Charlotte still has that WWE feel to her, right? And, uh, and you know, she's a flair that helps. So, yeah, I mean, not except for possibly Charlotte. And like I said, Roman Reigns, who else? Who else is in the – you got dozens of people. You have dozens of talent on the, uh, on the roster, and you can't – Give me less, and and we can only come up with two people who has that feel that they they've transcended the company. That's terrible. That is absolutely terrible. I mean, like in old school WWE days, I mean characters were so important. You know, you can give me a Sergeant Slaughter with GI Joe. You know what I mean? Of course, Hogan, Savage, Andre. You know, this there were so many. I remember King Kong Bundy was, uh, you know, doing shows and stuff like that because he was so he was so popular. He was on TV shows, and so like there was just there there were so many people that had such a larger in life feel to them that they'll just in a heartbeat pop up on the show and and, and you know and, and be a, a, a surprise guest on the show because they were already known. Um. Meanwhile, we were sport with Hogan, DDP, Macho, Andre, Slaughter, Warrior, Sting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many from from '85 to 2000. You know, and that and that I would even say '80. You know, '80 to 2000. That 20 year span, <clears throat> there was so many wrestlers that had that larger than life feel. Um, that. Uh, you know, was was the, the transcended the business. Of course, you got the Bruno. Even before that, you know, you had a uh, uh, Adrian Adonis. So he was the early eighties. Um, you had Gorgeous George. Uh, you had uh, uh, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. So you you know there was plenty of there's still plenty of names even before like a boom period. I would say probably the boom period of WWE started in the early eighties. So this pro wrestling period. I would say the boom period started in the early '80s because at that time, uh, Crockett was uh, started to get pretty um, popular within the uh, NWA territory. You had GCW, Georgia Championship Wrestling. You had uh, Championship Wrestling from Florida. You had AWA. You had World Class. You know, in the early '80s, so that was definitely a boom. The early '80s was definitely a boom period in wrestling. Um, but uh, yeah, so so early '80s to to early to you know about 2000, probably the end of the Monday Night Wars, um, and then you had like the Cena's and I would say Cena and Lesnar. I would say in the past in the past 20 years since '99, I would say Austin Rock, Cena, and Lesnar is probably the people that uh, really transcended the business. Edge. 
Eh, eh, not really ish. I mean, not not too much. He he wasn't like a large in life character. He was just a he was just a loyal WWE guy that was rewarded for being just a very um yeah definitely Batista definitely Batista. He's he's a star now in the movies, but Edge was more of a a really good WWE guy. So uh, yeah. Eh, I wouldn't even get Miz as a WWE guy. He's just a loyal WWE guy. Um, is it true about Mickey James coming back to do commentary backstage producer? I think I think either or will work for her. I would be interested to see where she sounds like on um, NXT. See, see Sports Huddle? Um, no. See, you know, Jericho's in my top five. He's actually, uh, you know, He's in my top five all time, but uh, I wouldn't say Jericho's large in life because Jericho had such a win-loss record during his pro wrestling career that he never kind of like became like top echelon, you know what I mean? Like he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, Um, definitely notable, but because of his win-loss record, like he wasn't someone who um he wasn't someone who had the 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 feel of just kind of breaking the main event you know mold because you know people you know here's a here's a thing with 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 wins and losses wins and losses matter man i mean people can say what they want but i mean if you look at austin's uh, record when he was uh, feuding with uh, with with uh, uh, Vince McMahon, you know, Steve Austin didn't lose many many matches, um, and that was on purpose. And I think that that's important. So, wins and losses matter. You got to book somebody strongly and let them lose very rarely. So. Uh, I think that's important. JSP says, I get what you're saying. That person that pretty much can transition easily without wrestling. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So that's the pyro piece. Uh, let's get to the next thing. Uh, so the revival. So here's the crazy thing about this. So Fightful's reporting that the revival has yet to sign WWE contracts and WWE is actually putting the belts on them potentially to kind of swerve them to sign contracts. Now I thought this thing was over a while ago. I thought they already signed contracts earlier this year, but according to FIFA, they have not yet. So that was very, very odd. Um, so that's uh that's uh, very very interesting. Uh I, I I find it odd that the WWE would say um we're going to give you the belts uh to kind of swerve you to uh <laughs> to to sign. Um let me see about this report here. Um yeah, so yeah, there were has made some renewed efforts. WWE has made some renewed efforts to sign the revival 
as of the Clash of Champions SmackDown title win, they have not signed new deals. So, and that was uh, as of, what, last week? So, and this was reported two days ago. So, I find that very interesting. I find it very odd, too, you know, uh, that the WWE, if this report is if this report is indeed true, I find it very odd that the WWE would um, would give them the titles. And they're Raw guys, too. And so they... I think that's just really weird. They gave them the SmackDown titles. And I, I was hearing on the commentary, they're like, yeah, they're the first uh, Raw SmackDown. They're, they're the first ever team to be Raw SmackDown and NXT champion. So they were really like pumping them up and everything. So that's really interesting. I find that uh, to be very odd uh, that they would do that for the revival. Honestly, I've never been a revival guy. Never been a revival guy. Um, I don't know. There's something that's disconnected to. I liked in the NXT. I liked the uh, old uh, Minnesota Wrecking Crew feel to them. Uh, but I don't know. I just there's just something that just doesn't connect with me when it comes to to the revival. I don't think they really are I don't really eh, I don't know I just I, I don't think their characters are strong enough um good in the ring very solid in the ring but I don't know I mean they when they when they were heels you know feuding against uh, Enzo and Cass and uh, uh I think it was in Enzo and Cass right Enzo and Cass and also uh, uh American Alpha when they were feuding against them, you know, those are like American Alpha and Enzo and Cass. Like they were, they were two like huge baby face teams and the revival feuding against them really helped because they were really good heels in NXT, but their main roster run. Yeah. It's kind of forgettable to me. And uh, it's not really been a, yeah. Yeah, it feels more WCW. I agree with that. AEW, yeah, I can see that too. Um, the leader says he feels the same way. Honestly, most of these tag teams that come up from NXT, I don't really care much about. Yeah, I agree. Let's see what they're going to do with AOP too. Um, they're having, you know, they're trying to, seemingly they're going to do, they're having them talk. Um, I'm cool with these promos they're doing. Kind of, but that's kind of like the death knell to a lot of these big man, you know, gimmicks. Once you get them start talking so much, like that just kind of throws it away. That just kind of defeats the purpose. And when they had man, when they had Ellering, I think that that was so dope when they had Ellering. Man, it made them look like like legitimate like bad guys. And um it really, it really had a really super, super dope appeal to them when they were Ellering. Now, Drake Maverick was really weird to me when they it was with them. I think they need a, a manager. I'd be cool if they were with Sami Zayn. Honestly, I'd be too, I'd be totally cool if Sami Zayn started his own little faction or something like that. And if Sami Zayn uh, managed AOP, the only thing is though, the only thing is though with Sami Zayn. 
the reason why I would like it because he would draw the heel heat. But the reason why I don't think it would work is because he draws so much heat to himself. And if you want it, if you want the heat on the heels, you you like the manager always has to p- play second fiddle to the the wrestler. Uh, and there was a huge issue with that with with Paul Heyman with all of his Heyman guys. I've had this, I've had this conversation before. Other than Lesnar, CM Punk was really the only successful Heyman guy. Why? Because Heyman was more over than everybody else he managed. He was more over than Cesaro. He was more over than Curtis Axel. And he really, his heat as a heel, it didn't help Axel or Cesaro because he was more over than both of them. Now, he plays that complimentary role to Lesnar and CM Punk. He wasn't more over than CM Punk. He definitely isn't more over than Lesnar. So it helps. So he compliments and he puts that heat on Lesnar and Punk. And that really helps them as a manager. But it didn't help when he was had all these, you know, these Paul Heyman guys. It didn't help. You know, when he, even when, even with show, like, you know, show was over enough by himself and and I understand, you know, when show turned on Lesnar and things like that. I, I get it. Um and, and Heyman helped in a sense, but still, I mean, like Punk and Lesnar, like both of them were so over by themselves that it's like they didn't need they don't need Heyman. Heyman's uh uh, uh a very good addition, a very good cherry on the cake. Um, the cake is good without the cherry, but the cherry makes it better on the cake, so to speak. And so with with Curtis Axel and with uh, Cesaro, they weren't the cake. Heyman was the cake, and they were the cherries of the Paul Heyman cake. They were Paul Heyman guys. So it didn't work out. Uh, that's, that's why I think, you know, with Sami Zayn and ALP, that might – be the case and so you need a kind of like a straight guy for that type of intensity and that's the reason why I think Ellering works so well so if you bring somebody in it has to be it, ha- it would have to be some type of kind of straight laced uh, figure so it'll be interesting who they bring in so that's why I think I don't know you know Nakamura, his heel run has been just a, a terrible to me. Um, it's been just horrible. Um, he needs to turn face like quickly. He's been a heel for a year and a half almost, and it's not done anything. I mean, yes, he was U.S. champ. He's the Intercontinental champ, but his popularity has been just suspect. And um, he was much more over as a as a babyface, and the Sammy thing, I get it. They're trying to get more heat on him, but Sammy, yeah, I mean he he draws heat by himself. That's the reason why I'm glad that. Yeah, still though, I was gonna say I'm glad that Sammy's not doing too much to draw heat by himself. To I me, mean, to himself, but still at the same time, it's like, eh. You know, it's still not. I don't think it's really helping Nakamura. Um, yeah, we we need face Nakamura back. 
Uh, Gabriel's asking, would some talent resign, uh, re-signing with Impact? I think that's what you mean, not resigning. Um, could who? Okay, so resigning. Okay, so yeah, resigning. Like who's resigning? I know LAX left. Um, who else is leaving Impact? I know that. You know, the LAX is the only big names that I know that's leaving. Who could you see signing with Impact that would help bolster the roster and help their own career as well? Um, who could I see signing with Impact that's a free agent right now? Can help bolster their careers. Um, Impact is a really... Really, it's oh, uh, um, Morrison left, didn't he? I think Morrison left. Um, or let's see, yeah, I think he left uh, Impact Wrestling already. Yeah, um, earlier this year. Um, Finished up uh, summer this summer, um, but yeah, uh, huh? Who's out there? Oh, I wonder. If, I wonder if someone like uh, probably because he won't. He probably he won't do it because of traveling. But I wonder if someone, someone like a um, like a Tanahashi signs with Impact. That would be really interesting. Um, um, the thing is, because of travel, like, it'd be difficult to sign people from New Japan. But it's not live every week, though. But there's a lot of money with traveling. Um, they brought back uh, Havoc, Rhino, Joey Ryan for the time being, and someone else, uh, too, I believe. Um, the dude from NXT right now that came from New Japan that would be uh, Kushida Kushida King uh, from New Japan Um, yeah I mean but you know Havoc Rhino's a bigger name but Havoc and Joey Ryan I mean they they're not really needle uh, movers you know so to speak Um, you know they have their own indie Indie following for sure, um, but they're not like needle movers when it comes to boosting the product. I would say, you know, there were talks of Jericho for a hot second, but he's with AEW. Um, there's really no one. I mean, unless they offer CM Punk a huge deal. Uh, but he, I wouldn't see him in a wrestling role. Maybe commentating. I mean, he's still, you know, he's about he's about to be forty-one, so he's still got some some juice left in him. But it's been so long since he wrestled. So uh, Enzo and Cass. I mean, when Cass, uh, you know, gets his uh, rehab and self together and things like that, um, that would help. Yeah, they, they yeah they brought back Mobley Shear. I saw that. Uh, it looks like a million bucks. Uh, I saw his uh, answers. He had, um, 
and he attacked um when he attacked the team and, and uh pledged his allegiance. Uh Hmm. Yeah, I, I would say as far as a needle mover, I'll say if I can just throw, if I'm just throwing a name out there based on everybody who, um, who's a, who's free agents. Um, there's not a lot of free agents. Uh, James Storm, well, he's NWA though. He's NWA North American champion. Uh. Which is a he's a you know definitely a, a good addition to NWA. Um, yeah, there's really not anybody out there uh, as far as because Eli Drake left, he's in NWA now. Uh, Nick Aldis left, he's in NWA. Um, yeah, free agents, right? <laughs> With a Z. Um, yeah, Enzo and Cass. That would be the that would be it. Um yeah, Storm is getting them games. He is, man. Looks like he looks great. Uh for sure. All right, let's see what other uh ask Chris questions we have. Uh let's see. Uh, I thought I saw another one on here. Uh GHP's asking, what team do you think will split for the brand, for the brand split? Uh, yeah, that's, that's typically a knee jerk move. They just want to, it just seems like there's no end game almost every time they do that. Um, I think they probably will reunite a team. They'll probably reunite the bar, um, because Cesaro just by himself is just bad call, man. He's just, he's not doing anything. And, um, Seamus is cleared to return. So I can see them, you know, I'm kind of giving you a reverse answer. I, I can see them uh, reuniting the bar. Um, as far as splitting a team, maybe the B team, but, I mean, they need as many teams as they possibly can have right now. Hawkins and Ryder, possibly. Uh, they probably, but again, but here's the thing. What? Why does it matter? Why does this matter, right? Because if they split, if they split a team, and they're both still low on the card, it doesn't even matter. Like the split is just pointless. You're just wasting time. You're wasting a pick. You're wasting a split. It's stupid. Because if I'm splitting someone and they're still uh, on another, they're on the other brand and still the same as they were, it's the lateral move. And and who cares? And that's how Apollo Crews is. It was a move from Raw to SmackDown, and it was a lateral move. So basically, he's jobbing out to people on SmackDown now instead of jobbing out to people on Raw. That that makes the brand split. Uh, that makes the people going to the brand split moving over. That makes it pointless. Like if you're going to move people over, move people over to start really good feuds. That would be that would be the only reason to do that. Otherwise, if you're just giving people lateral moves to be a jobber or an enhancement talent on Raw and now on SmackDown, just a it's just a pointless move. It's, it's pointless and stupid. 
Uh, Mo's asking, you think they're going move title belt to other shows? Um, of course, it would have to be, you know, mid-card titles moving. Um, unless they move Brock to Raw with the WWE Championship, but they would have a red belt on SmackDown, which brings us to point number three. Uh, Fox is uh, wanting The Fiend to be on SmackDown, so there's a there's a war. There's a civil war uh, with Raw and SmackDown now uh, of where Bray Wyatt's going to go. Of course, uh, uh, Heyman wants him. Uh, Heyman and company wants him on Raw still, but uh, Fox wants him on SmackDown. So, uh, you know, right now you, you want to please the network. So that would be interesting to see um, <clears throat> Bray on SmackDown. I think he's better for Raw. I think he's better for the Raw brand. Um, that would be better to me. Um, yeah. How does The Fiend fit the sports brand on, of WWE on SmackDown? Exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, SmackDown's always been like more of a sporty, you know, competition, you know, more of an in-ring type of uh, branding to it. Uh, but yeah, interesting. Interestingly enough, uh, as, as much as uh, a sports type of theme that Fox wants, bringing the fiend over would definitely not be that, you know. Um, but yeah, I can see. I could see, you know, as far as just moving the titles, it, it to me Brock. I can see Brock beating Kofi. But it would be odd to have Brock be on SmackDown, though, you know, on Friday nights, live, live on Friday nights. I don't know if – I don't see Brock wanting to, you know, spare his weekend, you know, to be on SmackDown uh, often, um, at least, you know, periodically while he's champ. So, uh, you know, and then – and then do you want to build SmackDown? Because if Brock, you know, if, if Brock wins the title, he's not going to be there every week. That's for one. And for two, since he's not going to be there every week, you would have to build the you have to build the second title to be the main title on a Fox show, uh, on a SmackDown show that just went over to Fox that wants to pull all the strings that they possibly can to have, you know, top-tier talent be on there. That's the reason why uh, reportedly Goldberg's coming back uh, on uh, on that show. So, it would be interesting to see, and they have a big anniversary. Uh, I think they have like a 20-year thing coming up, too. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it would be interesting to see. I can see Goldberg, I, I mean, I can see Brock Going over to Raw, and they and Raw building, uh, you know, building it around the U.S. title, like AJ keeping the U.S. title and kind of having that top top feel to it, since Brock's going to be gone, and AJ's, you know, he's a main event talent, so he would be 
just fine, you know, uh, making that U.S. title kind of like the premier championship while Brock is uh, champ, while he's away uh, as champion. But in all honesty, as much as I like Cedric, and, you know, he's been on my show before, so I got mad respect for him. But as, I mean, if Brock goes over to Raw and Seth goes over to scenario, I can see Bray beating Seth and then Bray coming to SmackDown as Universal Champion and then because that that, uh, uh, that uh, appease Fox, right? And then Brock can go over to Raw as WWE Champion. So in that, in that scenario it would work. So you would have Bray as Champ come over to SmackDown. So that would be interesting. Um... Yeah, I can, I can, I can definitely see that happening. Actually, so we may get that. We may get Bray as Universal Champion to SmackDown. Although I think putting the title on him would be way too uh, too soon to do that. I would not be a fan of that. But WWE is not very good with uh, drawing out and developing characters. Uh, so I can definitely see that happening. Uh, I can I can see Bray winning and uh, and moving over to SmackDown. Uh, let's see whatever whether I ask Chris questions. I hope I didn't miss any. Um, I didn't miss any. Did I? Hope not. Let's see. That was a good. Uh, what's in? I think split. Okay, I already answered that. Um. All right. So I think that's uh. I think, that, uh, I think there's one more I saw. All right, here we go. Uh, do I see NXT being a legit third brand, even with Raw and SmackDown? Or does it stay a new signing developmental talent brand? Um, I still think it will have that type of developmental feel to it. Um. Yeah, I think it'll still have a developmental feel to it. it it'll be marketed as a as a third brand, but you know, it'll still have that that developmental feel to it. Something I thought about real quick uh, was well, all the people who are in the development uh, in the performance center right now, and I got some decent names uh, that's in the PC. Um, for all the people who are in the PC right now. They should have like their own brand. They should have like they don't have to be televised. Like it probably shouldn't be televised, um, but they should have their own thing. I think that'd be pretty dope. Like if if WWE had like a WWE PC champion and actually had like because there's some there's some you know reputable names at the PC. So with all the people who are in the PC, you can say like. They can have their own little internal thing. Like we don't need to know who the PC champion is, or we don't need to know all that. Um, maybe if they want to do something on a network, you know, to do like a documentary, or um, uh, or or, or uh, they have their own YouTube channel. So maybe like if they, you know, did it on their YouTube channel, I think that actually be kind of cool if they if they did it on the YouTube channel. I know that uh, 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 what's your name. Uh, Casey uh, Catanzaro, um, she was on uh, the 
PC uh, YouTube channel. Um, and um, yeah, that would be interesting if they did that. That would be interesting if they did that, like a PC champion on the on the YouTube channel. Um, that would be pretty cool. All right, what's up, Tammy? Good to have you on the chat today. All right, so what grades would you give? Uh, what brand do the women's tag titles stay on? Do they? Yeah, the, the women's tag is uh, is is cross branded. Okay. What grades will you give Raw and SmackDown? PC twenty four seven champ. <laughs> yeah, but I think if they had like a PC, a WWE PC champion, and it'd be on like uh, you know, the the YouTube channel, that would be pretty cool. I think that would boost up the YouTube channel if they had like a PC champion. And the PC champion, you know, gets to, you know, that's that's kind of like their. Um, Kind of like their uh, reward um, while they're being developed, and then as their champion, it'll kind of like uh, graduate them to. I mean, they can defend the championships and things like that, but it'll kind of graduate them to the main roster, so or at least NXT. So, GSP says D and C. Gabriel says B and C. Um. Let me get some trivia. Here's some trivia. What uh, championship did Jerry Lynn hold in WWE? How about that? What championship did Jerry Lynn hold? Jerry Lynn, ladies and gentlemen. How about that? In the WWE. Uh, what What did he hold in WWE? No, not he didn't hold the ECW championship in WWE. Um. What did he hold in the WWE? Nope. There you go. Somebody's got it right. Mo does. Light heavyweight. Good job. Light heavyweight. All right. One more. Here we go. Ready? Two Cold Scorpio was known as Blank in WWE. Two Cold Scorpio was known as Blank in w- WWE. Uh, as far as Raw and SmackDown is concerned, yeah, I mean, uh, eh. I like the Shane and Owens thing. Um, <clears throat> another Hell in a Cell match between those two. The second one between those two. Oh, actually, there's a ladder match. And it was show, it, 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 it even they didn't even say when it was going to be. It just said ladder match. Um, I wonder if that's going to be a ladder match at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> that would be uh, quite interesting. Kind of like when uh, what was it? Oh gosh, it was um, oh, what was the pay per view? Was it Elimination Chamber? Uh, that Cena went against um. Kane in the ambulance match. It was a different gimmick pay per view. It was a gimmick match at a different gimmick pay per view. Uh, yeah, Elimination Chamber 2012. Uh, the gimmick was Elimination Chamber, but the main event was Cena and Kane in the ambulance match. Now that was really weird. I found out to be very odd. 
Uh, Flash Funk. Yes, good job. Mo is on a roll. Mo is on a roll today. Might have one more trivia question. Um, no, no, he didn't come up to that. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I give SmackDown a. Uh, <laughs> oh, shots fired! Shots fired! The leader. Shots fired. Says I. Uh, Says Mo, you quick with the Google. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, I thought that the uh, I thought that the end of SmackDown was stupid. I've said this many many times before. I do not like a lot of physicality before matches. Before matches on uh, on pay per views. That's that's stupid. Like you have to save. You have to leave us wanting. You have to do that. Um, Eric Bischoff says that a lot, and I, you know, I've said that for a long time. You have to leave people wanting, and you got to set up cliffhangers. Like if they're sitting there beating, and this is what, this is what made it even worse. Now, if Becky would have, now if Sasha Banks would have just like totally blindsided her, and like hit her with something and knocked her out that way, I can get it. But they actually did a brawl. They did a brawl, and what this is what made it. This is what just took it totally south. Becky Lynch actually had a, a slight glimpse of when she actually had the upper hand, and Sasha Banks regained the upper hand while they were fighting. So that goes to show you that Becky Lynch just got beat up. And that's a terrible way to book your baby face right before right before the big match. That's terrible. So it's like, okay, so if, if there was some type of slimy, dastardly type of heel thing, okay, I can I can possibly do that. I would say no physicality, but if they did it that way to just draw some he, some heel heat, I'm fine with that. But don't allow Becky Lynch to get some type of advantage and then lose the advantage. You just got beat up. And so that's basically what happened. Like if I, if I got into a fight with somebody who like blindsided me and I got the upper hand once again, like if I, if I got the upper hand and I'm, I'm at an advantage and I become disadvantaged again, I just got beat up. <laughs> like that's basically, it was like, it's no longer a sneak attack. When, when that happens, you just got beat up, and that's what happened. And that's what happens happened with, Bre- with Becky Lynch, and it's like that just takes away so much of your baby face type of uh, um, you know feel that you want her to have. You got your butt kicked by by Sasha Banks, or as to- Tony Atlas would say, Sasha Banks, <laughs> Sasha Banks. Um. Rowan and Daniel Bryan, um, they're really putting some. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm still not sold on Bludgeon Brothers 2.0, but I think finally they have. Uh, they're not over gimmicked now. Um, yeah, they're not over gimmicked, so. 
they've developed, you know, they've put enough heat on Rowan to make it seem like, you know, legitimate. So I'm cool with that in that regard. But at the same, but, but at the same time, there's still something about this whole thing that makes it seem like Daniel Bryan is still turning. So I, I it still seems like Daniel Bryan's going to turn, uh, on reins and, um, side with, uh, BB 2.0. Um, what the heck's going on with Mike Canellis? That's so sad. At least the New Day got a uh, win. At least the Kabuki Warriors, ladies and gentlemen, got a win. How about that? The Kabuki Warriors. How about that? Uh, so, overall, SmackDown, C+, Raw, um, C-. I like the Mysterio thing. That was cool. Um I was a fan of that. Mysterio versus Seth Rollins on the quote season premiere. Um that that's a good look. That's a good look to it. I, I'm I'm glad that they're actually making Mysterio look legitimate. That he's been winning a lot lately. Again, wins and losses matter, like I said. Um he's been winning lately more, so he looks more legitimate. Now the whole uh Bray Wyatt thing, let's talk about that real quick. Um and they're poor EC3 and poor Ember Moon. That's probably the reason why I didn't like Raw that much. Like they just sab- they're sabotaging Ember Moon. What did Ember Moon do to make WWE book her so poorly? Please, someone tell me. Like you had a tried and true, anomaly, mysterious, super dope gimmick, awesome in the ring one of the best finishing moves in all of professional wrestling, amazing in NXT, and you just bring her up to the main roster and she's chasing for the 24-7 championship and tapping out to Lacey Evans, who did one of the poorest-looking sharpshooters I've ever seen in my life. That's what happens. That's, that's what happens with Ember Moon. That's absolutely horrible. What does she do? What does she do to deserve that type of booking? And the thing is, how in the world? See, that's the reason why people you can't really salvage people like that. It becomes so much, so much more difficult to really try to restore, uh, try try to restore people like that, because you had something so good, and now she's tapping out to one of the worst sharpshooters in the world I've ever seen in my life. Um, I was okay with the Bray thing. He ended up getting beat up afterwards, actually, um, by Seth Rollins off air. But I didn't like what they did with Strowman, though. I didn't like how Strowman was it took the fall, and it was the fall guy for that. I didn't, I didn't like that actually. Uh, she can't get a, cut a good promo. Complain backstage about Nia being unsafe. Vcam doesn't get her gimmick. There's mystique to it. It's dope. Uh, she doesn't have to cut a good promo because her whole point was to, uh, I mean, not not to you, Lexi. I'm just talking about based on those, uh, um, you know, uh, accusations there. Um, she should have complained backstage about Nia being unsafe because a lot of people have complained about <laughs> her being unsafe. 
And as far as cutting a good promo, she shouldn't be talking. That's what made her, that's what worked at NXT. She hardly ever said anything. So that's why she should do that. Or, or here's the thing. If Vince McMahon doesn't see anything in her, put her back on NXT. You have three brands now. If Vince McMahon don't see anything in Apollo Crews or Ember Moon, NXT did. Put them back in NXT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's do this Flavor of the Week real quick. Here we go. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right. Uh, King of the Ring, 1998. Uh, real quick, Gabriel says uh, for the win that Leo Rush got last week on NXT, can we get a Lashley channel deal? So I got you, Lashley, Lashley, my man. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right, King Ring 1998, which a lot of people don't realize that the uh, the Hell in a Cell match actually was not the main event. Um, uh, it was uh, Kane versus Stone Cold in the first blood match. A lot of people forget that. Um, so you had uh, the Headbangers defeating Kai and Ty. Actually, the Headbangers and Taka defeating Kai and Ty. Six-man match. Ken Shamrock defeating Jeff Jarrett with Tennessee Lee. I've actually had him on my show. Connor Robert Parker. That was the King of Rings semifinal. And the Rock defeating Dan Severin in Lester before and after. Just kind of watch that match again. The Rock beating Dan Severin in that, that slow. I mean, that fast. That's uh, surprising. I forgot about that. Uh, too much before they were too cool. They beat Al Snow and Head with Lawler as special guest referee. <laughs> That's very interesting. Uh, X-Pac defeating uh, Owen Hart. Uh, um, New Age Outlaws retaining the uh, Tag Team Championships by defeating the New Midnight Express Predations Party from Bob Bob. That was an odd angle. Ken Sherrock defeating The Rock from the King of Ring Finals. And of course, you got Taker Mankind. And then uh, uh, Kane defeating uh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Uh, this song is actually uh, from uh, a new uh, intellect. Uh, it's called uh, Excursion. So. That is the credit uh, of this of this song. Um, you have to admit, PMP has some of the dopest songs on the PMP playlist, don't they? Don't we? Uh, don't don't I? Uh, I enjoy. I love. You know, I'm a big gospel fan. <clears throat> love God. I'm a Christian DJ. Love God. I love jazz. I know I love jazz. I really love like chill hop. That's like one of my favorite things. I love chill hop instrumentals. Chill hop instrumentals. All day long, <clears throat> absolutely. A lot of the like the, the, the intro stuff, like the intro songs, I listen to a lot. Of course, this outro song I listen to a lot. Like I love the chill hop uh, type of type of vibe. I can listen to that all day long. I do. <laughs> I listen to typically uh, Christian rap and chill hop and jazz, chill hop instrumentals and jazz uh, daily. But I'm a podcast guy. I like a, I like a lot. I'm a big uh, theology buff. I, you know, I'm my own apologetic podcast. I, I, mostly, I listen to like, like when I'm doing cardio at the gym. I'm like a, like a theology apologetic. I cheese my music. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, 
right, guys, it's been a pleasure. Uh, that is 391 episodes in the books. Special thanks to my boy, Chris Masters, being on the show. It's been a pleasure with the uh, PNP Nation. As always, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of 391 episodes with Chris Masters, it's hard to think of, it's hard to just fathom that it's been 391 episodes. Yes, thank you, Sammy. Hit that thumbs up. And guys, comment, man. Make some comments. As soon as we hop off of that, go to the comment board on uh, on Twitter. And, I mean, not on Twitter, but on YouTube. And, uh, and, and show your support by commenting as well. I've been hitting that thumbs up. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Other than that, uh, God bless you all. Uh, have a good week. And always remember, I'll do it for you. Have a good night. Peace. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.